Hello and welcome back to The Winchester, the podcast where Hannah, Ben, and myself explore everything to do with film, TV, entertainment, pop culture, you name it. If you're a nerd like us, then you're in the right place. We'll be diving deep into all things nerdy to discuss exactly what it is we love and hate about them. If you haven't already, please make sure to like, subscribe, review, wherever you get your podcasts. So, the big elephant in the room. Where the fuck have we been? (laughs) You know, well, there's a pandemic. Still. (laughs) Yeah, still. It's about, uh, we're about a year in. Almost about a year in. We're in the second wave. Yeah. We're just, just life has taken control and trying to, you know, pay the bills and also not get COVID. Yep. That's an important one, I think. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do we'll do things a little bit differently today because, you know, it's been a while. We're getting back into the groove of, of recording these and trying to send these out to our five listeners. So <laughs> let's just do a little bit of a check-in. Uh, Hannah, what, what have you been up to? Where, where have you been? Um, so a lot has actually changed since we last recorded. I changed jobs so i'm working at a different company now i got a dog which has been like a lifelong dream of mine his name is Geralt. you may hear him in the background because he likes to be a little hyena when he's not directly beside me and i guess that's actually it (laughs) 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 it feels like a lot has changed those are both pretty monumental though yeah, yeah. You've so been playing it's, cyberpunk. Yes, I finally get to play cyberpunk. It's so exciting. I I quite like the game. I know there's been a lot of upset controversy surrounding the game, but um, I I you know was, you know what would really date this podcast is if we say how many like since last we recorded how many statements from uh, <laughs> from the company that said they've had to push cyberpunk has it been i think oh. there was at least one i think yeah, I, I thought I'm it not, was two maybe two i can't remember now but uh yeah that's Geralt. you can probably hear him hopefully he quiets down but yeah it's uh there's been a, a bunch of shifts in my life but they've all been for the good so despite this year being a little crazy i think things are kind of looking up and hopefully 2021 is good and yeah that's about it that's great that's great ben awesome uh, what have what have you been up to fill us in on your life oh so uh like hannah a lot has changed here (laughs) um we did have our dog rocket before we finished our last set of recordings but uh we still have him thankfully (laughs) oh god he has tried to run away a couple times, but we turn it into a game, run back to the house, and he chases us, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, we bought a house. Woo! Yay! And, and moved into it. Woo! And moved uh, into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we bought our first house, and Rocket and our cat Luna are both loving all the extra space. Luna's loving all the spaces that she can use to get away from Rocket. <laughs> she still hates him but yeah no we're 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 really really happy and yeah it's uh like hannah said 2020 was not a great year but it had some absolutely incredible highlights which i i you got to look at the good side of things rather than the bad i know um we're very grateful for what came out of 2020 for us personally 
And uh, I, I'm just hoping that, like Hannah said, I feel like I'm copying her right now, but um, I, I, I hope that uh, 2021 brings even bigger and better opportunities. Yeah, I hope it's not just 2020 with bangs. <laughs> with bangs? Yeah, with bangs. So it's like just a new 1990-21? Yeah. Are you going to frost those tips too while you're at it? Frost those tips. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, I'm glad everyone's doing well. I'm glad you still have your dog. <laughs> me, me too. We, we love him. He's a little, he's a little shit, but we love him. <laughs> um, I mean, in my world, you know, film and television has uh, bounced back to, to Toronto again, thankfully. I was working on a... Me and my buddy decided just to kind of like find something, anything to just work on. And we were working on this, uh, like, docudrama murder show. And uh, it was a good time while it lasted. We were, we were having some fun. We got kind of, like, we did, we did, like, one or two levels and rank higher than what we normally do as a job. So that was kind of fun. You know, kind of making... It, the weird thing was that, like, we were making decisions that we were, like, not supposed to make. So it's like, <laughs> like you're making, like people would come up to us and be like, oh, what are we doing for like, for this scene? Like blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, like LA didn't have an answer. So we're just like, we're going to do this. <laughs> so it's like, you're starting to kind of like produce through like, but not be a producer. It's kind of, it's very strange. It was very strange. And like, and it was, it's like, it was one of those types of shows where LA just wanted you to get the footage and like get as much footage as you can and just go on to the next thing, you know? So there wasn't like a real sense of direction. And I was like, oh, okay. That was kind of cool. It was like, kind of felt good, you know, having that sort of wearing those multiple hats. But uh, that came to a close pretty quickly. We we ended up leaving that show to jump on to two other projects that were in town when, uh, when a lot of like the big shows started to come back. So I'm back uh, in outer space filming. <laughs> and that's going to take me to June, which will be nice. Are you shooting on location? Uh, it's been mainly it's been mainly Pinewood, which is nice. So that's good. <laughs> mainly studios. Did you uh, come to Kingston to film that one? No, time? I got I got asked to, but then I I said no because I uh. said uh, if I go to Kingston, I I have to see my friends, and <laughs> I won't have time if I go to Kingston. And if they find out I was in Kingston and didn't come see them, I'm gonna get in trouble. So <laughs> I said, you know what? No to everything. <laughs> I I think you I, I think you're kind of in trouble for not coming either way. Yeah, that's also that's also true. <laughs> you're just uh, in trouble no Scott matter. Scott just what. can't win. <laughs> just damned if I do, damned if I don't. But uh, yeah, yeah, no things have been things have been going pretty good. I'm just trying to keep the work going, and we're supposedly getting new uh, restrictions for the entire province of Ontario t- uh, tomorrow. So. We'll see if that changes at all our situation. We could all go into uh, another emergency lockdown, which is not fun, but we'll see. Isn't that what we're in right now? Yeah, so how's that different we're, from a regular lockdown? So we're so basically, uh, there would be like a curfew in place. There would be, uh, if you're going to be out past a certain time, you have to have like a letter. Oh my God. Uh, giving you permission to be out. Uh, it's a whole thing. So basically for... My situation, like, and what we've kind of been talking about in, you know, the film community here is, so what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, productions are going to only go from 5 in the morning to 8 p.m.? Because you have to be home by 8 p.m. in that case. Uh, Because Quebec right now has curfews. 
it's like 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. So it's like, okay, well, if you wrap at 7, then you have an hour to wrap out and and to get home. And a lot of the times it takes, you know, an hour and a half for people to wrap out and, you know, put their gear away and all that stuff. So what does does that mean? And then if, uh, if it means nothing changes for us, then we all have to get like written letters saying that we're allowed to be out. And it's like, it's kind of like when you think about it, like when you compare it to history, it's kind of scary. Yeah. But it's also like, we need to do something because numbers it's out are of going control. up everywhere. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it's, it's all them Christmas numbers. <clears throat> yeah. Like yeah. we're hitting new records like every single day. It's not fun. And thankfully, like Canadian records are not like United States records. Yeah, but, like it's it's too much. You know, any it's, record is a bad record. Exactly, yeah. it means more people are going to get hurt, and you know something needs to happen. So we'll find we'll find out tomorrow if that means there's an entire shutdown of more industry. I think it'll be a bit difficult because we were already given a pass for the current lockdown. We were just given restrictions for how many performers could be on set. But it's kind of weird because. You know, you can be restricted to 10 people on set, like actors and background performers, but, you know, you have, like, a crew of 50 to 100 people behind the camera, so it's, uh, you know, and we have COVID teams in place, we have people making sure people are social distancing, everyone's got N95 masks on and such, goggles, face masks, uh, you know, face shields, sorry, but it's, it's crazy because when you're in an industry that provides billions of dollars to your economy and billions of dollars you know to the country and it it also offers up um, a distraction from everything that's going on you watch movies to get away from real life television to get away from real life so it it, i I see it also adding a little bit of a psychological benefit to this to the public as well oh absolutely yeah so there's all these different reasons to try to like keep it going and um you know, it's uh, it, it's so we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, the lockdown has definitely the lockdown, the pandemic in general has taught me to be very kind of grateful for things, and it's kind of opened, you know, not only my eyes but I'm sure a lot of other people's eyes to yeah. what life can be like, and um, you know, just taking taking a look at uh, life from a different perspective. You know, when like at the beginning of the lockdown, I kind of joked around, just being like, oh, the liquor stores are still open, like. Do we really need that? But then when you think about it, it's kind of like, well, no, like you're taking away you, you there's so many people out there that are going to go through withdrawal. Yeah. And so as soon as you take the liquor store away, you're, you're now like, it's a substance issue. You yeah. Know? Well, even with like CBD and weed and like people making fun of that, it's like, no, like a lot of people use that for their anxiety or which is yeah. probably through the roof right now. Pain management. Oh, totally. Like I know quite a few, uh, <laughs> Quite a few people, uh, particularly ex-military, who uh, yep. use it to help deal with uh, some of the pain and trauma that they went through overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know, I know people that literally could not function if it weren't for um, CBD and THC. It's uh, it's scary, but uh, you know, we as a country and we as a as the human race will uh, will get through it, and we will uh, we will survive and thrive because we have to. <laughs> after after that speech there, Scott, I feel like we should have watched like Independence Day, where we see humanity <laughs> band together to to defeat this big evil entity. There's no or banding. Like, or like, yeah, or like I Am Legend, which is all about a vaccine gone wrong. So. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
What's that? Zombies? Oh, because we all trusted a vaccine? Oh, no. Well, it was like we got a message the other day from a friend of ours basically being like, the CDC was getting ready for zombies. And I looked at the link and it's like, no, it's a joke. Like, it's not. They're not yeah. actually preparing for it's zombies. used as an example and as a joke for learning purposes. <laughs> Every- but I mean, hey, like, at the end of the day, you're just kind of like, oh, shit, like... Maybe zombies. Like yeah. <laughs> I, some people, some people are out there right now. Who are just like, oh, I prefer zombies because then you can. Then it's just like black and white. Zombies I are was bad. literally just <laughs> thinking, oh man, zombies would be just so much easier, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like how many of us could go for an alien invasion right now? Oh, it's coming next. You like oh, yeah. if you're looking at the news and all the like. Did you guys see that the thing that they slipped into the COVID bill where it was something to do with like over the next hundred days they have to talk about aliens or something <laughs> I can't no. exactly what it was but there was some kind of like thing written into a bill in congress that was basically calling for a disclosure about aliens so you never yeah, know hey, good good i, I want to know i want to know about those aliens yeah this is that's the crazy thing about like a bill those bills and all the time it's just like in the fine print what are the what else are they slipping through yeah and okay. I hate that. I hate that stuff because it's like, why is that in there? People mm-hmm. need to get, people need, you know, help and all that. We don't need to give, you know, tax breaks to mega corporations in the meantime, you know? I mean, I was actually, I know we're going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I was actually reading something the other day about that. And it's a bit of a double-edged sword because some of those bigger laws that are necessary could go through easier if there was single issue bills. Yeah. But at the same time, some of the stuff that they put into those issues is uh, sometimes stuff that needs to be done that never would get looked at if it weren't put into a larger bill right yeah. like there there are some stupid laws that have been around for two three hundred years like I think in Toronto you're not allowed to drag a dead horse north on Young Street <laughs> on a Sunday or something ridiculous like that like just so specific but in it, when you don't have those like double issue bills or like those uh, I, I don't know what the term is but where they stack a bunch of stuff into one bill just to try and sneak it past um, some of those laws wouldn't get overturned because nobody wants to be the person that brought up that law from three four hundred years ago and says hey maybe it's time that we got rid of this yeah right they yeah. want to they want to handle the big issues and then sneak the small issues in there but it also leads to a lot of um, deal making in back rooms. If you agree to back this bill, we'll sneak this in, which will benefit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't drag a horse, dead horse <laughs> on a Sunday. Yeah, no, it, it's it, honestly, it is something similar to that, but I can't remember the exact law. Well, it was a Saturday, so joke's on you. <laughs> Did you look it up? No. <laughs> I was going to say, if I, I was meant, that I, I was not correct. talking about my personal life. That's, that's just silly. Oh boy. Well, we're going to we're going to get back into it. The whole thing about, you know, this podcast is talking about pop culture, talking about a movie. We always choose a movie and we talk about it. And uh, you know, we could probably go on and on about cyberpunk, but maybe that'll be a different episode. Maybe. Sorry, um I was wrong. You can't drag a dead horse down Young Street on a Sunday. Oh, big difference. Oh, so I can do I can I can go north. You can go up. You can go north, yeah. but you can't go southbound with a dead horse. Interesting. Yeah, challenge. I, I literally just looked up weird Toronto laws, and that was the first one that came up. <laughs> Jeez. Well, sorry to d- derail week, that. No, no, no. That's val- that's information that we need. To know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just don't want you getting arrested, Scott. Especially Listen, on a Sunday. We, we we have nothing else to do in Toronto right now. <laughs> Except so, drag dead horses. So if I can go viral on the old TikTok <laughs> by dragging a, a horse up or down Young Street <laughs> to Old Town Road or whatever, I don't know. Jesus. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna be TikTok famous. Does it show my age that when you said to Old Town Road, I wasn't thinking a song. I was thinking a place called Old Town Road in Toronto. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> oh my God! Well, this <laughs> week it's all about killing people and puppies. <laughs> no. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is on a path of revenge in John Wick, directed by Chad. S- Stakelski? <laughs> Nailed it. Stakelski? <laughs> I'm butchering this name, but he's a good director. He's, it's great. Yeah. Let me try this whole thing again. And, you know, if we want to keep the butchered one in, that's great. Uh, if not, we have a professional done one oh, you're, right now. You're going to do it really good this time? <laughs> I'm going to do it really good. I'm going to do it so good. You're going to be like, at the end, you're like, wow, Scott, it really shows that you were an actor. Really good job. Does Scott know that we don't edit the podcast? It just goes out fully formed. Yeah, that's why they're all three hours long. (laughs) (laughs) If only people knew what we went through in the edited or unedited version. Yeah, really. Talking about Hannah's, you know, mega right wing beliefs. (laughs) Yep, I'm super right wing. The most right wing. Ladies, she wants to take the vote back. (laughs) (laughs) This week, it's all about killing people and puppies. Keanu Reeves is on a path of revenge in John Wick. Directed by Chad Stokelski. Written and... Just written. That's the only one he's got. Just written by Derek Kolstag. And get this. Produced. I forgot about this. By Ava Longoria. Yeah, that I saw that. was like, oh, I didn't realize that. It's kind of fun. I forget every time. I, every time I've seen this movie like four or five times now, and every time her name comes in the credits, and I go, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah, exact same reaction every time. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, "Oh yeah, oh, okay." So, this is a film that came out in 2014. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. That's crazy. That's um, that's seven years ago. <laughs> oh. oh my god. There's there's only one true way of measuring time. It's before Wick and post Wick. <laughs> Good Lord. Everyone remembers where they were when John Wick came out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go through it. So like I said, this is um, Keanu Reeves' character is a hitman who gave up the life of crime and killing people. Uh, he gave it up for uh, the love of his life, a woman uh, who tragically passes away due to, due to illness and... In her will, she leaves him a um, cute little puppy for him to uh, to cope with uh, his loss. And one day, he drives this really fancy car. He takes it out. He fills it up with gas. He meets a bunch of Russian folks, uh, Russian thugs, and uh, they like his car. And uh, lo and behold, they, they follow him back to his house. They steal his car. They beat him up, and they kill his dog. And then that sets him off on a... Uh, just a war path. A of... justified war path. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> very justified. Um, Scott, war, but... Scott, why, Listen, why I'm not did you laugh? To, I'm not tr- I'm not why did you laugh like... when you said killed his puppy? Do you hate puppies? 
No, because it's like think, you go from all this like other stuff, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, Andy kills puppy, and he's like, no, <laughs> the and cutest puppy ever. He's so cute, oh, oh, so adorable. Cute. It's not, it's not, not laughing at it. I'm just like, you go from all this thing, like, and then all of a sudden, like, you don't expect this puppy to die. His poor little puppy. I, I will feel, feel terrible. I will say, watch so you can hear my dog right now. <laughs> but I, since I got my dog. I rewatched this movie and I felt like I was angry before, but I was like viscerally angry and wanted to like go into the computer screen and like strangle <laughs> myself. I was oh, yeah. so angry. I like not many. I, I watched this with my dog and he looked sad and angry at the screen <laughs> while the puppy was being beaten. And then he just turned back to destroying his toys. <laughs> Part of John Wick that I love so much is, you know, as filmmakers, our goal is to make you feel something, mm-hmm. anything. Like it could be what any, like whatever you want. Like just feel something. And and this film does it perfectly. Like you know, like a hitman who has committed terrible atrocities, but you're made to care about him because he gave up this life for love. The his his wife was ripped away from him by illness. She sends him a puppy to take care of because she knew that he was going to need help. And then this puppy is killed right in front of him. Like, it's this, what better way to um, humanize that character? Like, we don't see him, you know, we don't know that he's like this mega, you know, hitman, right? No. But then when we find out all these things, it's like, well, we already care about him because of what's happened to him. Yeah. And the puppy's so young and it's so innocent. And you can just tell that this puppy's out to literally protect him. Mm Mm-hmm. And when that's ripped away from him, like it's it's just like a, a double punch to the gut. Just days in between, you know, days after his wife is killed, this dog is is his dog is killed in front of him, and it's just it's this awesome revenge film, uh, dealing with his grief. And there's this also this layer of his degradation uh, back into a life that he tried to give up. Yeah. And yeah. It, I really I really dig this film. I love it. I loved it when it came out. When I watched it again. I was like, this is this is awesome. Like, I mean, I love films that make me feel like shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but build you like, back up. But yeah, build you back it's up. Like, right? It's 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 also a goal for me as a personal filmmaker. Like personally, I want to make you feel. You know, if it's not a comedy, like I want to make you feel. You know, you know, compassion for these people. I want you to to cry because of this and that like feeling for those characters and, and being invested with those characters it's it's the goal of any filmmaker of no, course but it's a it's a very simple motivation that everyone yeah. understands immediately which is like yeah. yeah it seems like such an obvious way of doing things but so many films just don't do that or don't understand it and this movie like right off the bat it's like nope you're going to feel this, everyone does, and then you're like, yeah, go kill all those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, is that it doesn't have to be contrived, a, a character's reasons. It doesn't have to be contrived. No. So many films out there are just like, oh, we're going to do this and this and this, because we need to make this, this needs to make sense, that needs to make sense, and these things can be connected. It's like, no, he's on a he's on a war path because this happened. Yeah. You know? And it's it's very, yeah. those sim- those simple, not even simple, but it's like singular wants or 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 needs that it's easy for us to get invested and also you kind of need that because john wick you know by nature by career sorry is a bad dude Mm -hmm. he's a hitman so how how can you get him how can you get us 
to feel for him, to connect with him. And I think they do it in a brilliant way, and you're instantly hooked. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, and connected to him. There really is so much to love about this film, but I, I, I do have to say my issues with the film also start right at the beginning. Yeah. And Hannah, I'm sure you can t- attest to this one, but there is no way that that dog let him sleep through the night without wanting to be let <laughs> that's out. What, that's what <laughs> Phil said when we were watching it on the weekend, too. He was like, no, unrealistic. A, how would that puppy yep. get up on that bed? <laughs> <laughs> and B, that dog would wake him up about four times a night. <laughs> well, my second point here is there's no way that if he did let John sleep through the night that he didn't leave a mess in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie was ruined at that point. <laughs> I can already tell how this discussion is going to go. So like, <laughs> this is this isn't realistic because the puppy wouldn't do this. Blah blah blah. And then we're just going to like skim over every fight sequence ever. Well, oh, yeah, the, the the fight sequences pale in comparison to the cuteness of that puppy. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I didn't notice is uh, like on the first couple times I watched this movie is when he's at the gas station. He's got the puppy in the car, and that's when you're introduced to Theon Greyjoy, who's playing the uh, the Russian guy. And in the back seat of the car, it's like full of dog toys, which made it like so much more heartbreaking. Oh, I didn't even notice that. But it's it's also so so legitimate because when I got Rocket, we just loaded up on toys. Yeah, we're like, I don't know what he's gonna like. Is he gonna like this? Why? Let's just get them all. Yeah, let's just. Get them all, see what he likes, and then we'll buy more of those. That's such a good subconscious thing because it shows that he's all in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I he's didn't like ready. I didn't notice it the first couple times I watched it. And then this time through I was like, what is that in the back seat? And then I was just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm curious as to how how the dog didn't go toppling around in the next scene when he's angry and driving around the airport. I don't think the dog was in the car. Then what did he do with the dog? Because he went from, it looked like he went from the gas station to the airport. It did look like that, but I think it's, I think it's like later in the day. Because I I don't see the dog there and I don't see the, uh, the stuff in the back seat. So I think it's... Because I'm just picture I'm just picturing that dog just going from side to side of the back seat as he's just swinging the <laughs> car around. His floppy ears, like, flying side to side. <laughs> that is a beautiful car. Yeah. Oh I'm, I'm not a car guy, but a 1969 Mustang, I'm I, all in for. I would take that any day. Oh, my God. So what are the, some of the things that we really liked about this film? Let's just go through... Uh, all of our notes, anything that comes to mind. Uh, I know we're rusty. We're going to get back into it. And Honestly, I think I took my best notes for this movie. Yeah? I've been oh, watching yeah. a lot of, like, streams lately. So I'm just, I was about to be like, and chat, let us know what you think. But I was like, no, this is a podcast. F in this, the chat that's not for... how we do things. Wait, anymore. I don't know what F in the chat means. I've just seen it on the internet. It, it don't means, get mad like, at me. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know what respect. it means either. It's, it's from Call of Duty. They're, one of the Call of Duty games, you're at a funeral, and you go up to the grave and it says press f to pay respects oh okay so that's the joke and i only know that through memes okay i've never played that game (laughs) i've just i've seen it so many times it's like what is this and then someone finally posted a picture from call of duty of that (laughs) okay all right uh, so, Ben, why don't we start with you, then? Because you said you had notes, so that'll <laughs> make it easier on <laughs> Hannah and I. <laughs> um, okay, so first thing I really want to start with is it's really apparent how much the creators and Keanu Reeves really cared about making this film. 
Like you can see, like in the fight scenes, they 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 use a lot of uh, long takes, um, so that way you can really like see the grittiness and get a get a feel for it. But you can also see Keanu Reeves really put in a lot of time and effort into training for this role to make it feel like he is John Wick, make all of his movements feel very uh, second nature to the character. Um, it, I've seen some behind-the-scenes footage of uh, Keanu Reeves actually at a gun range, and the scene towards the end where they're at the Russian church, he's kind of pinned down behind the SUV, and he's going from the larger uh, rifle-style gun to the pistol and swapping between guns and that. He actually learned how to do all of that in fluid movements, uh, reload the gun, swap weapons while still moving and hitting his targets. Like That's legitimately Keanu Reeves, and it's really apparent that he put so much of himself into the role in order to make it feel really authentic. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is awesome. And, like, people would give him shit for the longest time just because they thought he was kind of, like, a one-note actor, which in a way is true, but he just knows what roles work for him, and he seems to pick those roles, and he's awesome in them. Like, I don't know, he, like, as Johnny Silverhand in Cyberpunk, like, he's great. He plays this kind of, like, unhinged, like just kind of weird dude and then in john wick he plays an unhinged (laughs) kind of weird dude and that's just (laughs) okay let us not forget the greatest keanu reeves role ever as uh johnny pneumatic yeah (laughs) and like (laughs) where he puts a usb into the back of his head and like the like obviously neo from the matrix like he he's typecast but he brings something different to each one but he he knows what he's good at yeah and doesn't try to I don't necessarily want to say he doesn't want to try to branch out, but he doesn't try and force himself into roles he knows he's not right for. Did you guys ever see Always Be My Maybe on Netflix? No. So do you re- no. remember there was that meme going around where it's Keanu Reeves like walking out and like ki- like throwing kisses to people and like just being generally kind of silly? It was like a year ago or so. No, you don't. Oh, at that maybe. Event? No. Always, Always Be My Maybe. Was that the one where like there's a scene with him in like a restaurant or something and he plays somebody's ex-boyfriend yeah yeah i've seen the scene oh my god so in that he's he's a completely like plays a completely different character but it's hilarious because he's just like so over the top and like he's playing he's playing himself but he's being like a douchey kind of like hollywood guy and it is hilarious like it's just full of false modesty and like pretending that like (laughs) i know i'm the greatest but let's talk about how i'm the greatest but i I don't want to talk yeah. about how I'm the greatest. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. And he was fantastic in that. And that was just like a small little role. But I, I really like Keanu I, Reeves. I used to have a huge crush on him in like middle school. So Used to. Yeah, I guess I still do. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Keanu Reeves as a person is great. Like he just does what he's passionate about. Yeah. Right? Like he has his own motorcycle company. Yeah. And they custom make motorcycles like one off. He's very generous. Like er, any account that I've ever heard is just like Keanu Reeves is the greatest guy you'll ever meet. He's had a very, yeah. very tragic life. Like he really has. Um, like his, I'm pretty sure his sister died of leukemia, and he was uh, he was best friends with River Phoenix, who famously uh, died and went overdose in a club. And then I'm pretty sure his, I don't know the exact details of the story, but his wife or fiance miscarried and then she died in a car accident like he has had a horrendous life and how he's still standing i i don't know and kudos to him for like 
being able to stay positive and just be a genuine like like I mean he I I can't I say genuine like I know him but he seems like he's just a really good dude so uh kudos to him I mean he he also had one of the craziest babysitters uh when he was younger in Toronto yeah Alice Cooper babysat Keanu Reeves as a kid. No way. Yeah, because I get from my recollection of the story, Keanu Reeves' house in Toronto was next door to the studio that Alice Cooper was recording in. And I guess I think his mom had to go to work or something. It was just like, can you look after him? And so Alice Cooper just babysat Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, sorry, his sister did not die of leukemia. She had leukemia, but she was cured. So... Oh yeah. great! Good. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, he's had a pretty tragic life, but he seems uh, he seems genuinely positive, which is nice. Yeah. Um, any yeah, any time I've seen him talk about it, it's been like he just looks on the bright side of life. He's you're breathtaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want a uh, I want a Keanu Reeves as Revan. I never knew that I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Revan, Keanu Reeves, I'm all in. It's a little Star Wars Knights of the Republic <laughs> callback for our people out there who just think I'm crazy, and not for well, the normal reasons. I mean, you are, but yeah. Getting back on track a little bit, it was really nice to see like this over-the-top action film that that is hyper-violent, but it doesn't feel cartoony about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the things I liked about it too, which was like the heightened reality of it all. I love heightened reality. I think it's like my favorite. Like, it, shit, you want to see real life? Watch a documentary. Movies <laughs> are, for me, like fucking escapism. And I want to escape my boring life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I love the heightened reality of it all. How into it, like into John's POV we are. You know, at times, like, you really feel like you're inside his head. Uh, the action is all made to be, like, this fluid, almost kind of, like, beautiful, yeah. like, liquid. You know? Like, it just flows from one thing to another. And then the dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's stylized. It's It has cadence and tempo to it. It's not just, you know, normal lines that you think would be kind of, like, exposition-y are actually done quite well and handled pretty well because it's you know, it's motivated it, and it, and it has like that sort of stylized feel to it. And I, I dig it. It works. There are some genuinely like beautiful shots in this film too. Like, Oh, the cinematography is incredible. I think back movie. to uh, the one that really sticks out at me is when he's walking through the club and there's like the big spiral, like on the wall yeah. behind him. And he's like going, and the lights flashing in front yeah, of him. It's just like a very, I don't know. It's just a beautiful shot. I really like it. And it's so simple. It's just like this weird thing in the background, but it's it's very, very cool. That one sticks out to me. Uh, the thing that I love about this movie, and it goes back to like talking about the simplicity of like his his motivation is the best thing about this movie is that there's a set of rules, but they don't explain them. They don't, like, yeah. go through a whole... It doesn't treat you like a child. No, it doesn't go through a whole exposition of, we're assassins, we go to the Continental, we have these these coins that we are use as our payment. Like, it, things just happen, and the reason that you accept them is because they've done it smart, and they're not doing exposition dumps and all that shit. Like, we are... Yeah. They treat the audience like they're adults. It forces you to pay it's, attention. Yeah. 
it's almost a it's almost a master class in show don't tell. Yeah, because like right, like no, nothing is explained, but you understand what's going on with every moment. Yeah, you like they don't really need to explain it. You just are like, okay, this is the way it is, and this is the way it is in John's world, which is goes back to what you were saying, Scott, about like we very much get John's perspective. Like no one, no one would be sitting at the Continental explaining to John Wick why they get the coins or whatever it doesn't make sense yeah. for them to do that it's just their form of currency yeah yeah there you go and you can and you can like especially in our day and age like bitcoin and stuff like that you know that has a monetary value in society yeah. as well you know you, you just kind of get it yeah. you just kind of accept it all. they could have very easily yeah. fallen into the trap of like well, John Wick has been away for X amount of time, so now that gives us the opportunity to explain that this, 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 and this is now the way that we yeah. do things, and they they didn't do that, which I'm so thankful for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. For thousands I, it, of years, assassins <laughs> have ruled the world. It's it's interesting because the movie actually actually like it eases you into it at first up until like the robbery scene, and then it just like all right, time for the deep end, just throws you in, but like. By the time you get to the point of the robbery, it's you're so invested that they could they could have done anything ridiculous, and you're like, yeah, I'm here for yeah. it, yeah. Because oh, totally. they they spent the first uh, what is that ten minutes of the movie setting up kind of how real and how close to our world it is that you're like, okay, I I'm I understand the way the world works, and then they just kind of throw it in. And you're like, all right, well, I guess that's how it's going. Yeah, and it's like it's not to say that there's like no exposition, but they do it in such a really fun way yeah. where like they're explaining who john wick is because we don't know <laughs> and they do it in the form of a fairy tale which yeah I love. and it's just like you get all these like really cool shots of like him taking a sledgehammer to his basement floor and you're like what's he doing what's he doing and, like <laughs> it's more interesting than it is like it doesn't really feel like exposition whoever wrote this movie and i i looked at um looked him up on wikipedia he hasn't done that much but he really did a good job writing this one. He did. One of the things that I like, though, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting, is the audience is actually more not from like a agreeing with point of view, but from like a knowledge point of view, as, should associate much more with Alfie Allen's character, where he doesn't know who John Wick is. So er, he basically plays the personification of the audience in the scene where we learn who John Wick is and why he should be feared. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is kind of interesting to put you into putting you into the mindset of the villain of the movie, basically, to learn who the hero is. Yeah, I all I, I know this is weird, but I also feel like we're supposed to not be Alfie Allen, but we're supposed to be the guy that plays Liz Lemon's boyfriend in Thirty Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a note about him too. Um, who is oh Dean Winters? Yeah, because he like he's so good at playing the the douchebag. <laughs> he's always kind of there. And he's always, like, kind of poking at Vigo to, like, speak in English, not in Russian. And, like, it's a strange choice to me that he's always around, <laughs> seemingly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because he's basically the lieutenant for the head of the Russian mob, yeah. but he's not Russian himself. And he doesn't speak Which Russian. goes against everything. Yeah. But that goes against, like, everything that... I, I could be wrong, but it goes against everything that um, mob movies have taught us, whereas... If you're an Italian mob, you're Italian. Yeah. If you're in the Russian mob, you're Russian. If you're like, you know what I mean? And he's just this, I'm pretty sure, I don't want to say that because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, but I, I but I don't believe he has or is meant, at least the character is not meant to have um, Russian 
heritage, as far as we know, because he always seems like the outsider amongst his group, amongst the Russian mobsters, and he's the only member of the Russian mafia that we see that doesn't speak Russian. Even the priest speaks Russian. But he's also the highest up other than Vigo himself. I forgot that What's-His-Face is in this movie, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, as the mentor. (laughs) I had no idea. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I completely forgot that he was in it. He has, like, a pretty major role in it, too. Yeah, I I forgot, too. And he came on screen, and all I could think of was him in Boondock Saints. (laughs) I will say, though, one of my favorite parts about this movie, other than Keanu Reeves in general... Is he actually the world building? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, Hannah, you touched on this, but it's, it's this fantastic, this world has this fantastical nature filled with assassins and they're all paid in this gold coin and they have this entire underground uh, infrastructure, economy, and even a society, but it still somehow feels grounded in our reality. Like, it's just with, with that and like the code words and phrases that they have, it, it tells you everything and nothing about this world that just gives it a, a heightened feeling like it, it's elevated just a little bit above our own but it grounded enough in ours that it just it feels natural mm-hmm. it makes you feel like this crazy world of assassins could be real yeah we got to find the continental <laughs> yeah that place looks dope right that underground club let's go let's tr- let's travel down to new york <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that like sets this particular movie apart from like part two and part Three. Are they on four now? Have they done three? I can't remember. Four, four they're working okay. on, but it got delayed because of uh, the Matrix. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it just, it felt like this one, they kept it in that like kind of simple world building realm. And then they tried to almost expand on it in the next movies, which I felt was almost detrimental to it. Like they started introducing new rules, I think in the third movie. And it was just kind of like, no, just, just leave it. <laughs> I think I definitely yeah. think the first one is the best. Yeah. Two lost me a little bit, and then three kind of brought it back a little bit. Yeah, because I haven't seen three. Three yet. was good. Three three gets a little bit more intimate than two. That's three sure. has a yeah. wicked fight in it with knives. It's pretty awesome. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Sick. Oh, Parabellum's yeah. great. The one thing I remember about num- about number two was like there's like this sniper or not sniper like this s- pistol silencer fight where they're just kind of like yeah going from pillar to pillar but it just kind of looks like they're like like hopping yeah. or whatever <laughs> like I don't know it's weird but I was like that's kind of funny like having a little bit of comedy in your very serious fight scenes yeah didn't two also have the horse in New York City or was that I three? think that was three oh yeah that was that was the beginning of three yeah, yeah. you can't take a horse up <laughs> Young Street. <laughs> Jesus. It didn't start off dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, oh, yeah. There's a really good kill in the third one with the horse, too, when he gets the horse yep. to kick him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Um, it's not a spoiler if it happens within the first five minutes of the yeah. movie, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was uh, in the trailer. Maybe. I don't know. I know that the, riding the horse was, but I don't know if the death was. Oh, okay. Speaking of fights, again, Hannah, you touched on this scene earlier, but, like, the choreography of the bathhouse mm-hmm. And, like, I, one of my favorite moments in the entire movie is when he, I think he shoots the guy in the stomach, and then the guy kind of bounces, or falls back against the pillar, but he's not dead, and then John Wick has enough time to drop his clip, pull another clip out of his <laughs> jacket, reload, and then shoot the guy before he realizes what's going on. Yeah, yeah it's so good. <laughs> oh, It was just one of those, like, it's weird that in the middle of the action scene, and the action's still going on, it just gives you that 
odd moment of to take a breath. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, and we're back. And that's uh, like, that's the other thing that's great about this movie is like, even though you're in this kind of fantastical and yet grounded world, they treat the gunfights like they're real. Like they, it's not, you have an endless clip of bullets that you can just use forever and ever. It's like, that's integrated yeah. into the choreography. So you have that moment where he's changing his clip out and you have a moment too where he's like up against a pillar and the like main guy is like coming after him and he's just like fuck 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 because he doesn't have any more bullets left in his in his clip and he realizes he has to go into like a fist fight now essentially and uh it's just moments like that that are are so fantastic and just add so much to to what you're watching it's more interesting almost to see that than to just see someone who's like like John Wick is invincible pretty much, but he also gets hurt. But he does get hurt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what's so cool about him as a character. Also, I love that doctor where he's just like, I know you're not gonna listen to me, so just take two of these pills and you'll be you'll be able to move, but you're gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also it also like kind of goes back to like what we were talking about earlier about how like the fights are very kind of fluid in a way mm-hmm. as well. Like and some people, I know when it first came out, people were just like, "Oh, it's just a glorifying violence and all that." But it's also, it's more so showing that these people are really good at their job. Yeah. You oh know? yeah. Like, and that, like, bringing in that sort of stylized is like, if if us three got into a fight, <laughs> it's not gonna look like that. You know? Oh, speak for yourself, Scott. It's gonna look very different. My There's round belly lets me roll real well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we fought with wizard staffs at some point. I think we, I did. Think we, we do did. that? Oh, <laughs> with the beer I mean, cans? I, made out of beer cans, that's right. <laughs> we, we all had quite a bit on those wizard staffs, so I don't know how well any of us remember that. <laughs> Hannah's was just made out of wine bottles. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a sangria dispenser. Oh, I wish. That's an interesting point you brought up, Scott, about like watching the... like these people who are very good at their jobs because like people are kind of obsessed with that right now like we go on youtube and watch all these people who are like really good at, at doing certain things and i feel like this almost taps into that a little bit where you're just like oh i'm just watching this awesome assassin kick ass for an hour and that's that's okay with me <laughs> yeah but if that awesome assassin is like on a mission yeah like and for good reason fully on- exactly yeah yeah i think that uh like the movie was definitely a passion project. I looked into it a little bit, and Chad, uh, I don't even want to try the last name. <laughs> he's only directed three movies. Well, he's a stunt guy, right? Like yeah. this is this is a bunch so, of stunt people that got together and wanted to make a movie, and it 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 paid off. Yeah, he's only directed the three John Wick movies, but he's done over seventy five projects as a part of the stunt team or a stunt coordinator, including. Uh, the Matrix. He was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the first Matrix. Yeah. He even did Serenity. Yeah. And a ton of, yeah. And he did a ton of um, action and uh, other action and martial arts based films. And it's clear that he knows what he's doing when it comes to this stuff and he has a passion for it because it really comes across in this movie. Yeah. So uh, we've been watching the core, I'm sure I've brought it up before, but the Corridor Crew stuff where they do like VFX artists react and stu- they do one called Stunt People React. And so every time Phil and I see a stunt that, like, looks particularly gnarly, we'll, like, pause it and go back and watch it again to try to figure (laughs) out how they did it. And uh, the one that looked, it's pretty rough. It's when he gets, John Wick gets thrown off the balcony and he hits 
the ground. Oh, yeah. And you, yep. like, you feel that. It's like he falls flat on his back, and it's a... You can see that just rocking. Yeah, and I yeah. think... So I think the way that they did it, and I don't know for sure, I'm just guessing, I haven't watched any behind-the-scenes stuff, but I think it's a jump cut. I don't think that it's actually, like, folding, because there's, there's a bit of a... It looks a bit strange, so I, I think they may have just cut in a person hitting the ground. But either way, the way that they, he impacts on the floor, they cut it in such a way that it looks... It looks very painful. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot in this movie that looks very <laughs> yeah. painful. We haven't really talked about Vigo that much. I want to touch on him just briefly because he's, like, kind of the villain in this a bit. Well, not a bit. Like, definitely. <laughs> I love that near the end of the movie, John Wick is finally coming after him. He's, like, he's killed his, uh, his like, Vigo has basically given up his son and John Wick goes after his son and kills him and then he comes after Vigo and Vigo's just in an SUV just like giggling. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that scene. Well it's so good like he's offering the gun and then he like takes it away and he's like uh, 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 uh. So, cuz it's all about a guy like the guy knows he's going to die yeah. basically. Yeah. So he's like he doesn't give a no, shit. No, he's just having and fun with it. I love that it. like that sort of carefree nature. I thought it was the the uh, joint he was smoking earlier in the movie giving him the giggles. <laughs> That shit, that was some strong <laughs> shit then. Yeah, four hours later and he's still just high as a yeah. kite. Oh, I just I just love that dynamic of Dean Winters' character. Do they ever give him a name? I don't know. Uh, Dean Winters plays Avi. Avi. I don't remember them ever saying that name in the movie. Could be wrong, but I love the I love the dynamic of Avi and Vigo, like you were saying, and Avi's just done with this shit. He just wants it to be over and done with, and Vigo's just like... Yeah, it's over. I know it is. And it's over for me, not for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about a lot of stuff that we uh, like in this movie. Let's talk about what we didn't like or thought could have been pushed a little further or something maybe that they shouldn't have done. Hannah, let's start with you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here scratching my head, too. I don't really like Perkins's character i like i just she was just like bad for the sake of being bad. yeah and like, she was just kind of there like she goes after played by adrian palicki who is a great actress yeah yeah um i just like it felt more like she was there for like world building stuff than she was there because they actually needed her for like the john wick story purposes like it felt like she was there as a way for them to explain that you can't attack anyone in the Continental. Yeah, she's basically there to show that there are some, you know, quote unquote, bad assassins. Yeah. Rather than like the honorable assassins, I guess. Yeah. So like, I, I didn't hate it at all. It's just it, if there was anything in the movie that I disliked, it was probably that. And it, even then, like, I didn't really dislike it. It's just like something that I felt didn't have to be in the movie but there's also like a really cool fight scene with her where he like wraps her head in a bed sheet and beats the shit out of her so it's kind of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly i would take that over and as much as i love him willem defoe's character i didn't think he added a whole lot to the movie he was basically in what three four scenes i think i felt like the only reason that he was there was to motivate John to go back to his house to find out that Vigo had killed him so that way John could kill Vigo in the end. Yeah. 
it seems like, it seems like he was there was more that they cut. Yeah, you know? yeah, because I like he he was just there with a sniper rifle to save his ass twice and then get killed to prove or to motivate John to kill Vigo. I didn't really think that his uh, his him being the sniper outside of the Continental was necessary. I feel like they could have been a little bit more creative with how John could have gotten out of the church alive rather than just have a magical bullet shoot through the, through the window and take out one of the thugs. I would have liked to have seen more of that character as an assassin and less as there for deus ex machina. I think that they could have, like, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. I do like that they're showing that John has, like, friends in in the world like yeah like, on like it just kind of but ian mcshane's character they, they do. also shows that like he and so does um what hank is that his name the guy down the hall in the hotel who gets killed by adrian palecki yeah right because he's like oh shit john it's been a while how you been like he's just kind of like oh harry played by harry peter yeah i don't know i felt like there were other characters that portrayed that or could have portrayed that a bit better in order to take one less character out yeah or one more character out you know what i mean like the time dedicated to setting up him pulling a sniper rifle out of the closet in his stairs which i love that hidden closet yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. but like harry potter closet of guns (laughs) exactly they said they took the time to set up that they took the time to have his death at the end i feel like they could have done it like they could have had harry survive Palaki or something and then i don't know right but i yeah i i just felt like it was just one character too many potentially because they they invested quite a bit into a character that doesn't really do a whole lot other than fire his gun twice and get killed yeah for sure um the one thing that comes to my mind and i don't know maybe this maybe this means it would have been a different type of film i don't know but i would have maybe liked a little more of this, like, degradation of him going back into the life that he wanted to leave, you know? Like, I feel like like him, like, struggling with, do I do the right thing or the bad thing? Or, like, is this really who I am anymore? Or, like, struggling with your past self. Because he's, you know... I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, well, is this what your wife would have wanted, you know? Yeah, I think it would be a little bit more of a different movie. Like, I'm not bummed that it's not in there. But I think maybe they could have at, sprinkled in a little bit more of that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think I like too much, and it's and it's bad news, you know. But I also th- I also feel like they they've set it up that kind of like uh, she was kind of the the thing the only thing that really brought him out of that life. She gave him the dog, and it was like destroying. When they killed the dog, they killed the last real vestige of his wife's memory, and at that point, he was just like, "Fuck it." Yeah. 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 Yeah, like yeah, I think like it, it, at that moment, like the way it is right now, it's just kind of like I've got nothing left, so I'm gonna go back to doing what I know I can do. You know, like like this is the only thing that he's got now. It does also set up that great speech at the at the end where he goes, "Yeah, I guess I'm fucking in." <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. I think that's great. A lot of people that's like that's a good example of like the dialogue too because sometimes that diet like that type of dialogue where he's like he goes through the whole process the whole thing of like you took the only thing away from me that reminded me of my wife or the last connection that i had of my wife and you took it out of me so yeah i'm fucking like he like kind of goes through kind of like his reasons essentially my last like, vestige of hope i think he says at one point yeah. and you're like Ooh, yeah woof. <laughs> yeah 
Some big words there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, they're they're giving him dialogue today. <laughs> but like, I dug it though. Like, I was I was okay with it. Like, if it was any other movie, it could have been handled pretty rough. Yeah, but I I like I like how they did it. It's said with part. such conviction that even though it is a fairly cartoony line, it doesn't feel that way because you feel like he truly believes this. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. they like just to go back to what you were saying Scott about Keanu Reeves and like maybe seeing a little bit more into the degradation there. They I I think they're attempting to do that when he's driving his car like all angrily down at the the truck yard where it, that's before they kill his dog. That's just after he's run into them at the gas station and I think it's showing like he's got a ton of rage. Like he's very angry man which i didn't really pick up on the first time i was watching it i was like oh he's just like driving his car cool but no it's like he's he wanted to kill them then and he yeah. didn't and then like obviously we know what happens <laughs> next <laughs> after they like they take it a step too far so i think they they attempted it it's just it's not that obvious yeah they don't delve into it too much so just one last quick thing that i've got is we've we briefly talked about how awesome some of the cars in this movie are but we didn't talk about john leguizamo being in this movie (laughs) i love him as the mechanic yeah he's fun he's just like he's just kind of there and hanging out (laughs) but i mean like maybe i could be wrong but i feel like we're not used to him doing like such serious roles i mean like the character itself being very very serious I don't know. There's just something about it. It just felt it felt both off and perfectly right at the same time. I'm trying to think of where I know him from. He Mandalorian. That's like that's, <laughs> well, yeah. There is that. Oh, I know him from the Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that, and that's like I didn't really know John Leguizamo as a comedy actor. I I remember he I remember him from Romeo and Juliet. So. It kind of- See, yeah. He was in Moulin Rouge, Spawn. Yep. I know he was in that that weird movie. What was it called? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, the pest. He, he was in... Uh, the pest. I know oh, he was yes. in I, See, I, I've always loved him in uh, Chef. I know that that came out around the same time as this, but I, I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, that's a good one. He's also in Ice Age. Ah. Yeah. Animated. He's Sid. He's the voice of Sid. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like the voice of Sid played a pretty badass guy in this movie. <laughs> I like, just I saying. like how he's just like, "Do you know what the fuck you did?" <laughs> like he's just like very. That that's another good scene when uh, Vigo calls him, and he's like, "I heard you hit my son." He was like, "Yeah, they stole John Wick's car." <laughs> Vigo just goes, "Oh," and hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of those phone conversations that Vigo has because he he constantly gets shut down in these yeah. conversations, and just his response is just, "Oh," like when he's on the phone with John Wick. What did he say? Enough. <laughs> I know exactly what's happening yeah. now. I think I think uh, his I, like there's I think the scene right after that where the sun comes. The dad says something, and then the son goes, oh, yeah. like right after. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's good. That's a good callback. Yeah, it's All just, right. it's a good movie. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. So so final thoughts uh, on John Wick. Hannah, let's start with you. Uh, I love this movie. It's like one of the only movies that's come out. I guess it wasn't even that, I was going to say recently, but it's not recent. <laughs> it came no. 2014. How old am I? Ah. Um it's it's just a really really good 
film uh, that I can revisit. The soundtrack is awesome. The uh, yes. the cinematography is awesome. Keanu Reeves is awesome. Like, if you ever just want to like kind of play out a revenge fantasy, it's a really good movie to watch for that. It's just a all around good movie. Thanks, Ben. Ben, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, as I said at the beginning of the po- the recording here, this was like my fifth time watching the movie, so obviously I enjoy it. I, I think it works really well on on a few levels. If you're just looking for a ridiculously well done action movie, it works. If you are looking for something that's got a little bit more depth, a little more heart to it, it works. Like it, it works so well on so many levels. If you if you don't watch all the John Wick movies, at least watch the first one. I think it might be up there as my favorite Keanu Reeves movie, and he's done some great movies. But I, I don't know. I can I can just put this on and just get mesmerized by the choreography of the fight scenes. Highly recommend watching it. Which I, I at this point in the podcast, if you're hearing me say I recommend it, I hope you've seen it because we spoiled a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with all you guys. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, every time I watch it, I thoroughly enjoy it. The whole kind of watch like seeing a person go through their grief and how are they handling it uh you know through the guise of being a kick-ass assassin uh it's uh, it's motivated and it it feels right it's done well and uh you you feel for the character and keanu reeves uh i want more i think he's fantastic so ben out of five white russian cocktails <laughs> How many do you give it? Uh, I, I, I'd say I, I give it five. Five out of five. Even my grievances with this movie, I don't care. <laughs> and uh, and Ben, Ernest Snow. Ben, you're <laughs> you don't get to go again. Sorry, I got distracted here with uh, <laughs> messages in the chat. <laughs> I, I just sent um, I sent a picture that I was like, oh shit, I don't think Brock has seen Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian spoilers in the chat all of a sudden. F in the chat. Yeah, F in the chat, pay your respects. <laughs> Hannah, out of uh, five dead puppies. Oh, Jesus, whoa! No! Sorry, I, I, we all knew this was coming. Um, Is that... Out of... Well, we're not going to do no. dead puppies. No! terrible yeah i quit (laughs) (laughs) out of oh no (laughs) all of the ones i have in my head are bad all right hannah yes out of five russian bathhouses How, how many? How many? Movie? How many would you? How many would you give John Wick? That was the most innocent thing I could think of, and I know it's not. I mean, it's it's five. It's great movie. I love it. And then he gets his little dog at the end. He like saves a dog that's going to be killed and like walks off with it. He steals a dog. Oh my god! A pit bull. It's so cute. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that dog was just in for an overnight observation. No, there's a big there's a big that? red stamp on his paperwork. Oh, I didn't I didn't notice that. Never mind, ignore me. <laughs> oh, Hannah, out of fi- out of five Theon Greyjoys, how many Theon Greyjoys do you get? Five. Five Theon Greyjoys? Yeah. Oh my. I like Theon Greyjoy. He's got quite the arc in Game of Thrones. He loses his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <coughs> Why does that arc interest me so much? 
spoilers. Yeah, Hannah has a thing about castration, <laughs> and I don't get it. That's the only thing I can remember from his story arc. <laughs> wow, his arc was riveting then. Scott. Oh, boy. Yeah. Out of... Oh, it's, this yeah, is it's, hard. It's, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> out of f- five fancy muscle wait, wait. cars. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Scott, on a scale of one to five, how many people are you bringing to dinner? That's a per- that's a that's a that's a personal question. Come on, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say five people are coming <laughs> to dinner, and we're gonna all we're gonna watch John Wick because John Wick is a fantastic <laughs> just, movie. Just you and five dead bodies. <laughs> just gonna watch it with my buddies, <laughs> his best friends. After I epically kill them all. <laughs> Well, this has been the Winchester's review of John Wick. Catch us next week where we're going to talk about another movie that we haven't decided (laughs) what movie that is yet. But we'll let you know soon. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, Hannah, where can the good people find you? Uh, Everyone can find me online at shinybadguys. Or they can follow my dog on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) at Geralt, G-E-R-A-L-T, underscore underscore the white wolf because i am very very funny <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's so good and ben uh, where can people find your dog uh you can find rocket on instagram <laughs> at the husky rocket uh you can also follow his owner uh at the ben bray on instagram and twitter but can you ever really own a dog? <laughs> that dog owns that, my heart. That reminds me of like that pickup line that from Community, where Jeff uses it on like Kendra with a Q U. <laughs> he, he's like, I love to go. I love riding the whole my horses, you know, oh, yeah. up on the mountain. She's like, Oh, you own horses? And he's like, Can you ever really own a horse? <laughs> she like falls in love. With him. Well, I'm Scott, and. You can find me at the Scottish Terrier on, on Instagram. No. You can find me at SkayP on Instagram. Uh, you can also find our wonderful editor, Jordan Moore, on social media at thatjormore. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and all other platforms where you get your podcasts. It would really help us out, and we'd also appreciate it. The Winchester does not do any hardcore advertising. It is purely word of mouth. So every share, every mention, every hashtag really helps in getting the Winchester out there. Thanks for all your support. (laughs) (laughs) It says thanks from all of us here, but I fucked up my typos. So that's what it is. Thanks for all your support. That's all she wrote. (laughs) That's all she wrote. That's us from the Winchester. Go enjoy the rest of your pandemic. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew.